This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's century. Joining me to break it all down, Craig Ducharme is here making... Uh, is this your first? No, we went on January 1st. We went together. This is your... Yep. Yeah, okay. So we're this is old hat at this point. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm. The rust is all gone. This is... Uh, we're ready to go for a new season, 2024. But it is the debut of round recaps in yep. 2024. Uh, and and I'm excited about it. Late evening here on the East Coast, watching uh, some relaxing golf. Although I don't know, Rick, it, this event usually has a real relaxing feel. It it's a little more serious this year. Why do you think that is? Well, it might have something to do with the purse. Uh, Twenty million it might have something to do with the weather because everybody is just piling on birdies. I mean, they are. If there is one thing that makes it feel relaxing, th- these guys are making birdies and they're making them look easy. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. But before I do, let me remind you that not just Greg is excited, not just I am excited, but everybody's excited. 100,000 subscribers to the Golf on CBS YouTube channel. So make sure to become one of them. Try to get us to, let's call it 200,000 and vote for the first cut, the best golf podcast of the year. You can click the link in the description and five seconds of your time will go a long way for us to continue to do these round by round recaps as much as we possibly can with as many resources as possible. You mentioned it, Greg, five and a half strokes under par was the scoring average. That means if you shot a five under 68, because this is a par 73, you lost strokes to the field. <laughs> it's just, it, it, it feels that way. I mean, you're watching guys. Of course, you have players that you track throughout the week and they go shoot five under yesterday. And you're like, oh, that's a good start. They're in good, they're in a good place. And they go out and shoot five under again today. And it's a serious question are they too far back? Like, are they done after shooting 68, 68, five under, five under? It's it's incredible. You you go out there and you have a round like Victor Hovland did today where it's a little slow uh, at the start. And you can be playing some really good golf and just be getting run over. It's been incredible to watch so far. The Englishman 
had their day. Both Terrell Hatton and Matt Fitzpatrick go nuts. Let's start with Terrell, a 62, the round of the day, 11 under par, which featured a uh, very exciting bogey that he made on the 14th hole and a very exciting eagle that he made on the 18th hole, Greg. Yes, there was plenty of excitement from <laughs> Terrell today, uh, plenty of club slams. And I loved hearing his comments after the round. You know, uh, uh, long game feels a little rusty. My body doesn't feel very good, uh, but the putter worked out. I have never, and, I don't think I've ever heard Todd Lewis interrupt a golfer before. And as, as Terrell was, was reading off all of the ways he feels horrible, the game is not in great shape. Todd Lewis, for the first time I've ever seen, interrupted a golfer and said, you know, you shot 62 today, right? Yeah, he reaches and puts his hand on his shoulder. Oh, it, it was just uh, priceless. Um, it, but whatever, whatever he has going on is working and he was right. It, I mean, it was pretty good analysis and, and there's a few reasons why I, I don't think you can look at this and say it was poor, uh, T to green by any means, but, uh, it was very good on the greens. He got that part right when he, so he gains 3.2 strokes, uh, put in, uh, which leads the field for the day. Um, but the other thing is on that back nine run, so many of those holes are wedges. And so the long game's feeling a little rusty, but you hit a couple 75-yard shots to six feet. Uh, and, and that's what he did a lot of on that back nine, hit a lot of those little wedge shots, right? They're partial wedge shots. He hit them in there between five and 10 feet and made them. A, a lot of eight-footers that he poured in the middle uh, and then added in a few extra bonus ones. So really an impressive round. And even though... It it has a heavy lean on the putter. It di it didn't feel like he was leaning on the putter entirely. It didn't feel like it was just silly what he was doing. It, it looks silly when you look at the scorecard, though. Well, he played with Matt Fitzpatrick, who shot a nine under sixty four. So that those two alone got the twenty under par on Friday. And it was heat out of the gate. For Fitzpatrick and it was heat at the end of his round so he played his first six holes at four under and then he played his final six holes at five under every other hole uh was even par and he got out of there obviously bogey free a uh, nice yeah. eagle there uh on the front nine at number five he had 151 yards in there right this is I know Matt Fitzpatrick scanned a lot of distance but this is what we talked about on Monday um, you can hit some really long tee shots out here, regardless, almost, almost regardless. Uh, it might come up a little later, almost regardless of your club at speed. You can hit some really long tee shots down there. And uh, I don't know what he hit into five. It might've been another one of those nine irons, probably a wedge. Uh, and he hit it in there close and was able to make it. He too had a really good day on the greens though. Um, and even in that area between seven and uh, seven and 13, where he went on a long birdie drought. Uh, he was scrambling, right? He didn't hit it very well in that stretch. He had a couple loose tee shots, a couple loose iron shots, uh, but was able to save it with some really solid 10 footers for par. Terrell Hatton in at 15 under par. That is a tie for second, one shot behind the leader, 
still yet to be named. Matt Fitzpatrick uh, in at 13 under. That is three shots off that leader yet to be named. The other big mover from kind of the early, I don't want to call it a wave because there's really no waves with a 59-player field, but from the early part of the day was Brendan Todd. He goes out in 30. Greg makes another birdie on 11, another on 14, another on 16. He does give one back on 17 before getting his birdie on 18. This is... Uh, a good golf course for him, but do you do you buy into the caddy bump, the new voice, something new on the bag, the idea that now he's got Paul Tosori gives you a little bit of spark. Maybe you can make a run at this thing. Well, hey, we saw it with uh, Cam Young last year. The first time he had Paul Tosori on the bag, he started the, uh, the the match play with nine straight threes and ended up being the runner up in the match play. So. Yeah, there maybe there is a new uh, spark with Paul Tesori there. Uh, probably a better matchup for him, uh, Paul Tesori and, and Brendan Todd, than it is for Cam Young as far as personalities are concerned. Um, but that's a story for a different day. The real thing about Brendan Todd here is his ability on the greens. And I got to give you credit, Rick. You called this on, on Monday, said when we get into a putting contest, driving's not all that important here. Uh, Brendan Todd's the kind of guy that can fill it up. That's exactly what he did today. You know, he gained 2.7 strokes to the field on the greens today. But um, going forward, if, if you look at sh some of the uh, shot tracker data, Brendan Todd's still leaving himself some longer shots into these greens. I mean, you look at the par fives, they're much harder for him to reach. Um, you look at, I mean, you look at hole number 12 guys are driving it up by the green. He had uh, 150 yards in. Yeah. He had a 264 yard drive that barely covered the, the fairway. <laughs> right. So now he's a, a extremely talented and extremely accurate golfer. And you did see him lead the field in fairways hit today. He had 13 to 15. Um, and some of these fairways, even though they're wider, it's hard to keep it in the fairway. He's able to do that, but I, I think in large part, he's landing his ball on some different slopes than everybody else. So it makes this round even more impressive. Uh, and of course, he had some fun playing with his with his best friend, Chris Kirk, out there. Yes, I'm holding a, uh, from our month, or excuse me, from our Tuesday show, a Brendan Todd top 20 ticket. Now, I will not pull a Mark Immelman and do my Friday evening victory lap. <laughs> We see yeah, how don't that, do that, but you're in good shape. We see how that usually goes, but I like my position better than if he was in 32nd right now. Yes, so, yes, uh, no problem there. Okay, we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to get to the top of the board, the big names, the guys that are lurking as well. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. The man, the myth, the legend, the number one player in the world, the man owned by seven percent of the first cut, one and done contest the fourth highest owned golfer scotty scheffler leads the way thanks to a 64 on friday so he's opened up 66 64 he went out in 32 he found four consecutive birdies from 12 through 15 and of course they hand out birdies on 18 like candy so he got one there and scotty scheffler again enters the weekend as the favorite to win a golf tournament. <laughs> oh, he's picking up right where he left off. Although, Rick, his strokes gain T to green numbers are plummeting right now. Uh, he was leading when he ended his round, leading the field when he ended his round. He's now all the way down to fourth. 
yes. uh, gaining just two strokes at T to green on the field. He stinks. <laughs> but this this 64 is kind of impressive for a couple reasons. You know, early in the round, he missed a two-foot putt at number two. It was two feet. He missed it. Uh, gave himself a redemption opportunity because he hit it to two feet at number three and made that one. Uh, but there were a couple of missed six footers and seven footers early. And and that's a, that can be something that's really scary, not just because he missed them, but because of when he missed them. Right. And missing a putt like that on the second hole is a different experience than missing it later in the round. It can throw off your entire confidence. Uh, it can throw everything off, but he was really able to clean it up. And by the time he gets through, you know, the eighth hole, um, he, he's got that figured out. And there were no issues coming in for the entire back nine. So just for fun, we've got we've got time here. So he misses the two footer on two on four. He has an eight foot, 10 inch putt for birdie. He misses that on eight. Seven and eight were like 25 and 35 feet. So no, no real issues there. Uh, on 10, he missed an eight foot, 11 inch putt for birdie on 11. He missed a 15 footer for birdie on 16. Uh, that was a 47 footer. That's not a big deal. 17, same thing. 47 footer. So uh, obviously this is like, if everything goes right, if you, if you win all your coin flips, if you don't miss a two footer, Maybe it's a 61. Right. Right. And that's just how well he hit it. I mean, there's probably one other guy we're going to talk about that may have hit it a little better than Scotty today, uh, but it's another one of those coin tosses. He was extremely impressive tee to green today and just gives himself so many of those opportunities and those looks. And even if you lose more of your coin tosses than you gain, uh, it still puts plenty of circles on the card. Because those coin tosses aren't for par. Uh, they're for birdie right? all the time on every golf course. It's it's remarkable. And I, I'm just happy to see it. I'm, I'm proud. Uh, I feel proud because I think this is a really difficult thing to overcome. When guys struggle on the greens. And, and again, you look at these numbers. He gains two strokes putting. Mm-hmm. right? And that's because he's able to make a couple of 25-footers. Uh, but... When Scotty Scheffler gets outside that 10 foot range, really outside that five, yeah, it's probably 10 feet is probably accurate. When he gets out that outside of that 10 foot range, the stroke starts to change and it starts to look a lot smoother and he can make some of those. So that's not a big surprise to me. Uh, but when you start getting, when the close ones become a challenge, that's when it starts to leak into the rest of your game. Uh, and and it hasn't for him. It doesn't affect his strategy. It doesn't affect his attitude for the most part. Uh, and and that's why he's able to continue to shoot the scores that he does. He is, as mentioned, the favorite to win. We'll get the odds here in just one second. But Scotty Scheffler enters the weekend one shot clear of the rest of the field. Victor Hovland is two shots off the lead. He played in that group with uh, Jordan Spieth and and Scotty Scheffler. This was a very, very slow start for Victor. He was only two under through the turn. He was only two under 
through 13 holes, Greg. So with five holes to go, I mean, he is significantly losing to the field and he is able to salvage this round with birdies on 14, 15, and he rolls in a 52 footer for Eagle on 18. All of a sudden it's a 67 in what could have been a round that really just destroyed his chances of winning this golf. Yeah. It looked like that for a long time. Um, and, you know, yesterday's round was kind of similar. He didn't hit it great yesterday. It was able to salvage some of it with uh, some great work on the greens. Today, I thought he hit it a little better, but it still wasn't, he wasn't giving himself the opportunities that Scotty Scheffler was giving himself or Colin Morikawa was giving himself. A, a lot of 15, 16 uh, shots to 15, 16 feet. And that's some to 40 feet. And, and maybe that's the, the right play uh, in some of these instances, but it's not the typical Victor Hovland that's firing at all the flags uh, and giving himself all those putts inside of the 15-foot zone. He was kind of teetering on that brink. So it was hard for him to get it going. It's hard to replicate a putting performance like he had yesterday. Um, but the mark of a great player is having your, we'll call it his B game, uh, just for commonality and you're two shots back after two rounds. When Scotty Scheffler just put up the performance that he did, you're right there with him. So, I mean, that's a really good place to be for Victor Hovland. And I wouldn't be surprised if he turned it around over the weekend. That third man in the trio, Jordan Spieth, followed up his Thursday 67 with a Friday, excuse me, a Thursday 66 with a, a Friday 67. It was bogey free, which is kind of rare for Jordan Spieth. I want to point out the polar opposite type days that he's had. So Thursday, he was 50th off the tee in a field of 59 and first on approach. On Friday, he was third off the tee and 50th on approach, Greg. I mean, we're not really kidding when we do the whole Jordan Spieth roller coaster, you never know what you're going to get type of conversation. Although when he drives it like this, it feels a lot calmer. Right, it doesn't feel like a roller coaster. When, like, when he's not wading into the rough and the hay yeah. and all this other stuff, it does feel a hair more calm. Yes, because if he gets it in play, if he has a – I mean, he, he lost stroke. He, he's 50th approaching the green, right? But he hits 16 greens. So there, there's not a whole lot of issues going on here. <laughs> um, but the, here's the thing that I really like about Jordan Spieth in this tournament, in this round. There are so many of those wedge shots from inside 100 yards, and his wedge play is some of the best on tour. But this week, especially, it just it looks phenomenal. Those shots have been all over the flag, uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jordan, you know, continue to fill up the the birdies. It, look at this scorecard, right from 10 to what is that, 15? No, he doesn't make any birdies in that stretch. I mean, that's where the, all those wedges are. So I, I think you could see a real turnaround for Jordan tomorrow. Yeah, I'm playing 10 through, so 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Playing 10 to 14 at even par is giving back at least a stroke to the field. Every single one of those holes playing pretty significantly under par. And that's where guys have been uh, really separating themselves or putting circles on. So yeah, Jordan, Jordan Spieth lurking Colin Morikawa, who was our Thursday night leader lurking follows up. His, no, I guess he was, I guess Sahith clipped him. Yeah, he yeah. did. 
My bad. Uh, Sahith clipped him, but Kyle Morikawa was one shot off the lead. Follows up his Thursday 65 with a 67. Colin has yet to make a uh, bogey this week. He is doing it in the ways that we would expect him to. He's sixth off the tee. He is seventh on approach. He is adequate around the green, 19th, and he is a small winner with the flat stick. He's 28th there in a field of 59. Yeah, the putt in today was not great. Um, it, it was disappointing. It, and it wasn't two footers like Scotty Scheffler, but a lot of eight footers, a lot of six and seven footers that he missed during this round today. Um, but this is why you like Colin Morikawa heading into a week like this, um, because those wedges uh, and, and really irons of all distance are phenomenal for him. And so even though he may lose the accuracy advantage that he typically has off the tee, He's still playing right into his strengths because he's got a second shot from the fairway all day long. And there are a few better than that than him at that. And you look through this round and he's not putting from 45 feet very often. Even though these greens are big, he's able to get it up on the right shelf. He's able to give himself some really makeable looks. And that's how a round of 67 ends up looking frustrating because you're putting for birdie, much like Scotty Scheffler from right around the hole the entire day. 16 under is the pace by Scotty Scheffler. Is there anyone else, Greg, that we have not mentioned that you think is worth consideration? And before you answer that, just to zoom out on this leaderboard a little bit, three golfers, one shot back, that's Hatton, Todd, and Sung J.M. There are four more who are two shots off the lead. That's Chris Kirk, Victor Hovland, Kyle Morikawa, Benny on a handful at 13 under as well. So is there anybody else that you think is worth a chat before we move on to the betting board? Uh, you know, Chris Kirk. And the reason I said, I just, I thought Chris Kirk hit the ball so well today. Mm -hmm. He was, um, I mean, he, he had a, another round that was, he's a little farther back than Scotty, maybe even farther back than, um, than Morikawa, but he was all over the flag today. And, continued to give himself I mean, I mean how many he putted he lost strokes putting so yeah. he shot 65 today and lost more than half a shot putting mm -hmm. 0.7 this was a really impressive round td green from chris kirk uh, and we saw it last year early in the year around the, you know not quite this early but um maybe the following week at the sony we see what he can do td green and he's feeling it right now was that an early call for a winner next week? Well, I'm not there yet, Rick. <laughs> is he in the field? Like I just, I looked at, I, I saw the field. I, I looked at the field too. I think he is. It. I think he's in. I can't remember. I actually, you know who I think is going to win next week? Uh, I think Ludwig's going to win next <laughs> week. <laughs> I know it's quite brave of me, but I think, I think. Ludwig. Yeah. Yeah. He's in there. First name on the, uh, on the board. You got Hideki next week. Uh, Chris Kirk is in the field. Yep. Cam Davis, another guy I think could win next week. Kind of a rusty day yesterday. He shot five under, got beat by the field again today. Um, yeah, but I just, I love the way Chris Kirk played today. Uh, it, and it was really probably, he probably leaves feeling pretty disappointed about what happened on the greens. There are two sickos who have selected Chris Kirk in our one and done pool. Two. Oh. So they are rooting heavy for Chris Kirk. Very quickly, questions in the chat. Mr. Bogey, yes, there are there are 
ownerships. Oh, I'm sorry. I misread that. I thought you meant on uh, right in your pool, which is where I'm pulling them from. That's what I thought you were referring to. That's on me. Joseph Bosa, let's just get this out of the way. Five and a half strokes under par. Greg, people will say this golf course is too easy. Uh, your thoughts? No, I don't think it's too easy. I, I think it's playing easy because there's no wind uh, and the conditions are perfect. And these are the best players on the PGA Tour and they're doing what they should do. The fairways are big. The greens are big. But, you know, there there are some really tricky shots out there that you don't realize how difficult they are. Access in some of those whole locations. Um, some of the shots around the greens on that grainy Bermuda. You heard Kisner talking about it in the broadcast. Uh, it, it's very challenging. And these guys are just that good. What I like about it is it asks you to hit a lot of different shots. It asks you to hit a lot of committed shots. And also, again, as I say, every time this comes up, just like make it a par 71 and you'll never hear this conversation again. Like, Who we, cares? Who cares? Right? Par is an... Let, let me tell you this, Rick. You're right on the, but, the button. The only reason that you have par is so you know where people stand when somebody's on the fifth hole and somebody's finishing up on 18. That's the only reason. Right. Par is irrelevant. It's more difficult to say. Um, Terrell Hatton just tapped in for 62, and Scotty Scheffler is at uh, nine through, <laughs> through his right. Tables. Right. <laughs> then you. Because <laughs> then it's impossible. Everyone's like, "Wait, so who's winning?" <laughs> right. It's impossible. Or if he's at 10, well, what? I mean, that could be terrible. Could be. I don't know. But he's beaten up by 52 shots. Right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, no, it is not too easy. The scores are very low, but that is innate. Uh, like, who, who cares? Yeah. Okay. Um, betting favorites. So do we have the board, Josh? I think we do. Scotty Scheffler, as mentioned, is the favorite. His odds are bum, ba, da, bum, plus 175. Uh, meaning if you think Scotty Scheffler is going to win, you put down hundred bucks, you win one seventy five. Victor Hovland, uh, plus seven fifty. Kyle Morikawa and Terrell Hatton are both nine to one, plus nine hundred. Sung J M at ten to one. Those are the only five golfers below twenty to one. Jordan Spieth and Matt Fitzpatrick checking in at twenty two to one apiece. So, um, Scotty, you just can't go on that number, right? And should have like like. If you were going to bet Scotty, you should have taken the six and a half to one or whatever it was before the tournament started. Right. So you can't go, you can't go there. Um, but he's still probably going to win. He's going to win. Right. But a couple other guys I like just in case, because there's a, there's a chink in the armor here. Not, I mean, he could still shoot 64. What if he What if he gets a couple of grainy greenside? He could still shoot a 64. Yeah. That, as if that was the down round. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he could. But his, his wedge play is so underrated. It's so good. The, the grainy, the strange lies, like he thrives on that stuff. So I was kind of just letting Kyle do this thing where he's like, oh, he's going to win five or six times this year. I actually think, I mean, the schedule's really good for him to do that, right? He's going to get a bunch of small field events with a lot of money. He's pretty clearly the best player in the world. John Rahm doesn't exist in this universe for him anymore. He might win five or six times. Yeah. 
He's got a new direction with the putting. Yeah. Um, which again, like he cleaned that up today. And and the eight footers that we talked about later on are missable. Good putters miss those, right? That those aren't the concerning ones. Um, I mean, if, if it's a, all of them, that's concerning. But he made some too. So I, I just feel like the putting's going in the right direction. I don't think it's there yet. And I don't think it has to be there for him to win, which is the really scary thing. So, yeah, I, w- I would not be surprised at all at a five or six win season out of him. But but I think we should open up the board to some other guys just in case. I mean, he only won twice last year. I think that... Um... I liked. I I do not like the way this course sets up for Victor Hovland, and I'm not sure he likes it either. But I think that your point around, like, he wasn't very good. He just was able to muster up a couple of of things late in that round to keep himself in it. I I think that's generally a very good thing. And you're right if he if he actually plays above average or plays better on the weekend, he's super live. So I don't. I don't love the way, like what I'm seeing, but I see like, if you were trying to squeeze more juice out of it, I can squeeze that. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's too back, right? He's in and he's has not played well. I thought he's, I thought he's been horrible and he's too back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is a sign probably more so for the rest of the year than this week, in my opinion, that, you know, um, maybe even though John Rahm's gone, maybe Victor Hovland's the problem for Scotty Scheffler winning five or six times. Yeah. I could see that after what we've seen so far this week. Uh, Colin Morikawa, I think, is very live. Not the best number. I understand that. And I still think Jordan Spieth's live, too. Um, so I know those are some of the big names. But it, this this is the crazy thing, too. Lastly, if you're 10 under, right, or, or 11 under. 11 under is a great example because you got Shoffley and Cantlay there who I think are both capable of a comeback. They're tied 19th. You know, uh, 10 under, where you have Kurt Kitayama, Eric Cole, uh, Camilo, Tom Hoagie, JT Poston. You got, I mean, Tony Finau's at 10 under. They're in tied 22nd. They're only six back. Is that too far back? I mean, you're just going to, they're like, let's take the Xander Cantlay example. They're going to have to shoot. They're up to find 162 or something out there. Right. Right. And and that's why I think this is so hard for today. Right. Get putting anything on the board today is a real challenge because you don't know th- there's 25 guys where a 62 tomorrow puts them right up near the top of the lead. It completely changes everything. Without scrolling all the way down, take a guess at who's in last place. Uh, Give me a short list. You could probably come up with a short list. Um, yeah, I saw this yesterday. I know Cam Davis was down there yesterday. Uh, he's uh, he's second. got five under, though. Yeah, he's second to last now. He's second to last. So he's at three under, second to last. Yeah, there's two guys. There's two guys at three under. Cam Davis is one of them. And then there's one guy at one under. I don't think I would have gotten this one. I don't. I, I don't think I know who it is. I don't know who it is. Uh, Andrew Putnam. Oh, it's too bad. I liked him this week. I thought he could have a good week here. Justin Rose hit the wrong golf ball yesterday. I saw that. 
there's this weird have you there's a weird trend where guys like are not marking their balls as frequently anymore like with like with a sharpie yeah yeah well you can get your name printed on it or something you gotta you gotta mark it but how do you just how do you just go over there say it's a titleist two must be mine uh buddy like everybody's playing a titleist two (laughs) it's a mistake it's a big mistake um now, it's nice to know what everybody else in your group is playing. Um, but when you get in situations off the fairway, you got to be able to see that mark. So it's um, really valuable to have some kind of dot next to your mark, some kind of marking. It's a very easy thing to do. It's like you can get creative with it. It's like the thing that requires it doesn't zero skill, zero skill required. Zero skill, maybe a hair touch of creativity. I get um, uh, my dog's face is printed on mine and I never confuse my ball with anybody else's. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. I play a Titleist one uh, and I put a line on it and I got a couple, you know, I'll do a black line, a blue line. Um, I'll have some of those in my bag. And so the lines on one side and I have my kids initials on the other side. There you so, uh, you know, right. Oh, okay. Titleist one blue line. That's me. Title is one MTTJ. That's me. You're good. I'm covered on all sides. Do they send you, they sent you a dozen of just ones. Yeah. Oh, More than one dozen. Time, Rick. You are, you're big time, dude. You, <laughs> you, like, could, you could get that too. You you just get... Those pesky twos, threes and fours. I don't, I don't want them. I want number one. <laughs> on that note, we are ending this podcast. Greg, you and I tomorrow night as well. Correct. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. All right, buddy. Me and Greg will run it back on Saturday night. For now, big thanks to producer Josh. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Follow Greg on Twitter at the real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.